This is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy to assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. This week, Democrats hoping Joe Biden will secure re-election realize they face a threat from within. A presidential candidate descended from a dynasty of Democrat titans. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is holding steady at around 20 percent support amongst Democrat voters in the latest primary polls. Already, Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s bid for the presidency has proven to be unlike anything we've seen in the ranks of the Democrats, espousing conspiracy theories about everything from 5G masts to vaccines. Some have said RFK is really a fringe candidate of the right. But with Joe Biden's approval rating hitting an all-time low, a new number showing RFK Jr. polling at 20% among Democrats, effectively making him Biden's main internal challenger, how much should the president worry about the risk a maverick Kennedy poses to his chances of winning re-election? I'm Jonathan Friedland, columnist at The Guardian, and this is Politics Weekly America. I literally wrote a book about the art and importance of debate. And yet I am telling you tonight that I am tired of the incessant debate me bro mantra from conspiracy nuts on social media. Mehdi Hassan is a British-American broadcaster and best-selling author of Win Every Argument. He hosts the Mehdi Hassan show on Peacock and MSNBC. He's also, I should say, an old friend of mine. He recently waded into a debate about debates following a public war of words between an eminent vaccine scientist and RFK Jr., Because it is never a good idea for an award-winning, world-renowned, peer-reviewed vaccine scientist to debate an unhinged crank. What's the expression? Never wrestle with a pig. You both get dirty and the pig gets 40,000 new followers on Twitter. Mehdi, uh, very good to have you on the podcast. Um, It's one of those things where the name is famous, even if the man himself is not, because people have certainly heard the name. Robert F. Kennedy. They may be thinking, though, of his father rather than the man we're talking about. Um, Just tell us a bit about who is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and where exactly has he come from? Well, it's interesting to talk about the Kennedy name in America because I think people across the world, places like the UK, we talk of kind of royal families and political dynasties. And the US, despite being this democracy that was founded to oppose monarchy and hereditary rule, loves 
a good political dynasty loves hereditary politicians. So you have the Bushes, the Kennedys, the Romneys, uh, the Clintons, and I'm sure Donald Trump would love to have one, uh, God help us all. And obviously, Kennedy is at the top of that pile, and they've always been Kennedys in politics. His sister uh, was a politician. His father was attorney general, ran for president, assassinated. And for many years, people suggested that he should get into politics. And he was looking around for a gig, but then he became very, very famous for being a conspiracy nut, pushing anti-vaccine information. As long ago as 2019, well before the pandemic, his own sister, nephew, and niece wrote a joint piece in Politico magazine saying... We love our uncle, we love our brother, but he's dangerously misinformed on all of this. He's doing a lot of damage. So it's funny that people say, well, the Kennedy name. Well, most of the Kennedys in their own family have disowned him politically. Vaccines and anti-vax sentiment is obviously at the heart of all this. Your NBC colleague, Brandy Zadrozny, uh, wrote recently that Kennedy has his vocal supporters, anti-vaxxers, conspiracy theorists, internet contrarians, billionaire tech bros, Camelot nostalgists and right-wing provocateurs who seem to be pumping Kennedy as a spoiler candidate, specifically on anti-vax as an issue. Uh, Did it give him a big following among that movement? Or did it mean, because it is a fringe view, it consigned him to the margins? I mean, both, Johnny. This is, this is a problem in the social media age. It can be both at the same time. It both made him famous uh, in certain fringe circles, in certain right-wing circles, in certain MAGA circles, in certain anti-vax circles. Um, and, you know, he, where he was very popular. And you want to talk about being an anti-vaxxer figure. When the Center for Countering Digital Hate came up with their dozen, uh, top dozen misinformation actors during the pandemic, I mean, RFK Jr. was on that list. Uh, he was one of 12 people producing, I believe, two-thirds uh, of of misinformation online. So him and his organization have done a lot, as I say, even pre-pandemic with the autism stuff, which did make him, to come back to your point, uh, taboo in many circles. And it's not just vaccines, the stuff he says about 5G, uh, you know, being chipped to be surveilled, Bill Gates trying to control the world. Uh, just this week, he went on a podcast with Jordan Peterson that YouTube had to take down, where one of the crazy claims he made was that the water is making kids transgender. Um, he is really, really out there. Some of the stuff he says about Ukraine, if we, if we even if we move away from the vaccine stuff, some of the stuff he says about Ukraine could have come straight from the Kremlin. Uh, it is, you know, he has chosen this lane where he is appealing to anti-establishment, quote unquote, folks on far left and far right, which is why you have people like Roger Stone and Steve Bannon saying maybe he could be, uh, you know, part of the Trump movement. Maybe he could be part of the MAGA movement. And, you know, my friend Molly Jong-Fast from Vanity Fair made the point. Why do we think it is that a bunch of right-wing billionaires are pushing RFK Jr.'s candidacy? Why do we think that is? Is it because they care about Medicare for all? I suspect not. Yeah, I mean, the position on uh, vaccines and uh, that's kind of conspiracy theories, they've been there, as you say, those positions have been around a while. And it was linked uh, with, you know, the MMR vaccines and autism. That was one of the claims, as you say, utterly discredited. Is it fair to say that these positions, while always there, moved from the wild, wild fringes to something closer to not quite mainstream, but moving inwards with the COVID-19 pandemic. And that that suddenly mainstreamed some of these opinions, relatively speaking. And was that then in some ways a sort of turning point for RFK Jr. himself, that he's been able to ride this wave of distrust, which went from being really a very kind of minority interest to something which got a lot more attention? Yeah, because what happens in the pandemic is 
On the one hand, you have the early days of the pandemic where social media companies and media organizations are cracking down on quote unquote misinformation, disinformation, and saying we're not going to allow this stuff. And, and RFK Jr. is one of these people who gets, I think, banned from Instagram, though not Facebook, if memory serves me correctly. Um, and yet all these people are banned, Johnny, as you've seen. They're all back now, thanks to Elon Musk, thanks to a post-pandemic uh, kind of discourse which says, oh, we went too far in trying to control misinformation. Mark Zuckerberg recently did an interview saying, well, a lot of the things we were kind of uh, you know, blocking online turned out to be true. I don't actually agree with that, but that is now the prevailing rewriting of history, uh, that too much stuff was censored and that we should have had more uh, people questioning masks and vaccines as thousands of people were dying every day from COVID-19. So there's been a kind of rewriting of history. And you know, your point about mainstreaming, you have to put that in the bucket with the Republican Party. Because if you look at the polling, the shift in anti-vax sentiment has come almost exclusively on the right. Remember, being an anti-vaxxer didn't used to just be a right-wing thing. It used to be something that lefties, liberals, people of all politics and none would indulge in, right? And Marianne Williamson, uh, when she ran for the Democratic presidential nomination in 2020, she was kind of condemned for her kind of anti-vax views and she had to come out and say, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. But what we're seeing in the last year or two is on the right, where you've got growing numbers of Republican parents saying, not just no to COVID vaccines, they're saying, no, we don't think that children should have to be uh, immunized before they start school. The kind of mandatory vaccination schedules, get rid of that. To understand American politics, to understand anything in American public life right now, Johnny, you have to understand everything is partisan. The culture wars are everywhere. And therefore, vaccines are no longer about what's the best science? What's the best health option for you and your family? It's simply, are you a Republican or are you a Democrat? If you're a Republican, then you're going to be skeptical of this stuff because you're being lied to. So in that sense, RFK Jr. has kind of ridden that wave, which is so bizarre because he claims to be on the left and is running in the Democratic presidential nomination, not in the Republican one. Yeah. I mean, the politics of this are quite hard to read because on the one hand, he has the support, as you've mentioned, of the likes of Roger Stone, conspiracy theorist Alex Jones has spoken admiringly of him. And yet, on the other hand, you know, you have these not obviously right-wing figures like the former Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey or the actress Alicia Silverstone supporting him, very puzzling. But then there comes this revelation that his group, according to Media Matters, the media monitoring group, uh, that his uh, group, Children's Health Defence, so-called, was active on the far-right social media platform Gab in 2021, apparently courting the support of white supremacist, QAnon conspiracy theorists, uh, and even others with openly neo-Nazi views. RFK Jr. himself has hosted on his podcast multiple uh, wackadoodle and fringe right figures. He's called Joseph Ladapo, who was Ron DeSantis's uh, Surgeon General in Florida, who has been accused of doctoring reports on, on, on the effects of the COVID vaccine to make it look bad. He calls him a friend. He's had him on the show. So yeah, the whole thing I find absurd. But there are some people on the left who are buying this stuff. And the reason they're buying this stuff, John, which comes back to what we talked about earlier, is there's a lot of dissatisfaction with Biden. There's a lot of dissatisfaction with the Democratic Party. And RFK Jr., in between saying all the crazy stuff, is also saying stuff people want to hear about. We need to take on corporations. We need to take on big pharma. We need to rein back a militaristic foreign policy. We need to be spending more at home. Like, that stuff resonates with lefty folks. Our bombs, our drones, our armies are incapable of stopping the gun violence on our streets and schools or domestic violence in our homes. I see the same link here as my father and Martin Luther King saw about the Vietnam War. On the point about him running as a Democrat, in a way, one thinks that that must be just obvious because he's a Kennedy. Or is there something more to it than that? I think uh, it's obvious because he's a Kennedy, but also, uh, you know, Joe Biden is not facing a serious 
mainstream primary challenge. So he's facing RFK Jr. and Marianne Williamson, uh, two fringe figures who are polling better than people thought they would poll, but he's not facing an actual uh, threat. Most sitting presidents don't. And those, by the way, those sitting presidents who do face primary challenges, serious ones, tend to lose. Uh, George Bush Sr., Jimmy Carter, Gerald Ford, um, so, you know, that, that's something that people forget about when they say, well, why isn't there a primary? Well, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty self-serving point from the party in power. I can see why the Democrats are unhappy about this, even the threat from RFK. What I meant was, why doesn't RFK uh, run on the Republican side, since that would seem to be his natural home? It's a, it's a great question. He should. Given the crowded field, he'd probably do pretty well. He'd probably be polling higher than Nikki Haley and Tim Scott and others. Like Again, to explain to a global audience, a British audience, I cannot overstate how beloved he is among far-right circles right now, how many right-wingers come to his defense. He's on Fox all the time. I think he announced his candidacy or did one of his first post-announcement candidacies on Tucker Carlson's Fox show when it existed. Um, They love him on Fox. So yeah, he has great name recognition on the right. And by the way, I should also point out the QAnon crazies on the right, they're obsessed with the Kennedys. Remember, they think that John F. Kennedy Jr. is still alive and was going to come back with his dad uh, last year in Dallas. So there's there's even a greater obsession with the Kennedy name these days on the right than on the left. Let's just talk for a few minutes about his media strategy. Uh, uh, he was been making some headlines this week because of an appearance on the Joe Rogan podcast, which is a has a huge audience. In fact, we can hear a little bit of that right now. But what do you think happens when you get into office? Like if you're 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 talking about your uncle who's assassinated, and you believe the intelligence agencies were a part of that, what happens to you? Well, I got to be careful. I mean, I'm aware of that, and I'm not, you know, I, I'm aware of the of that danger, and I, you know, I don't live in fear of it, um, you know, at all. But I'm not stupid about it, and I take precautions. So there's Kennedy on Joe Rogan. He's also said that he particularly likes podcasts as a form of communication because they, his words, allow him to outrun the censorship juggernaut. And you just think about how often these rebel or maverick candidacies find a new media strategy. With Donald Trump, it was not social media, it was Twitter. But do you think that RFK Jr. has thought this through and he's thinking by building up an audience via these podcasts, he's also been, you know, been with Jordan Peterson, that he actually has got enough here that gets him out of the fringe and sort of in front of tens of millions of Americans. Oh, very much so. And Joe Rogan puts you in that place. And I think, again, it comes back to what is his end goal? I don't honestly know. I think he knows he's not going to be president. He knows he's not going to be the presidential candidate. So is this just another grift? Uh, We know that the anti-vaxxers have made a lot of money out of the pandemic. Um, And I think that he sees this as an opportunity to get huge name record. Look, the thing about people like Robert F. Kennedy Jr. now in the social media ages, he could lose badly tomorrow in the Democratic race, but he's not going away now, right? Johnny, once you've got that name recognition, once you've got that circle of followers, especially on the cultish right, you're, you're set for life. And I think we see that a lot with people on the right right now in social media. A lot of it is all just about making lots of noise, getting lots of attention, and then monetizing it. And I suspect that's it's either not if it's not at the front of his campaign, it's certainly in the back of his mind as, you know, that's going to be the soft landing. Once this is all done and dusted, you're not going to get rid of it. Look at Tulsi Gabbard. Like, just take her as an example. She she ran for president. It was a ridiculous uh, race. She was never going to win. 
And yet she's translated that into a career on Fox now. She's basically attacked the Democrats. She's embraced the right. She's guest hosted Tucker Carlson's show. I can see that for RFK Jr. Because of the genetic condition he has with his throat, maybe he's not going to be a broadcaster. But he's going to have a great career on the right post this election campaign. And, you know, he's back on social media. A lot of social media companies say, well, we can't block a presidential candidate. So it's helping him in multiple ways. What his end goal is, I have no idea. I want to go back to where we started at the top of the show. We heard a clip of you outlining this war of words between Kennedy and the vaccine scientist, Dr. Peter Hotez, about the RFK's anti-vax position. You've had uh, Dr. Hotez as a guest on your show. You talked about him being stalked by anti-vaxxers. The debate with RFK Jr., I've discussed um, this issue with him many times by phone and by email. And and the problem is, you know, he just keeps on moving the goalposts. And and in that conversation, you cautioned Dr. Hotez against engaging in a public debate with RFK or with the anti-vaxxers. I'm interested to hear why you say that and also whether that would be your same advice to Joe Biden, whether he should not get into a debate on any kind of platform with RFK Jr. In terms of Hotez and RFK Jr. and the broader point about debating anti-vaxxers, no, I am against it. I'm all for debate. I love a good argument. Um, but I don't believe in bad faith debates with conspiracy theories. I don't believe there's any value in debating whether up is down, black is white, hot is cold. Uh, I think that's a waste of everyone's time. And it only emboldens, energizes, elevates the conspiracy theorists, the bad faith artist, the bullshit artist, the disinformation peddler. And people are going to say, debate, debate, what are you afraid of? Well, science is about debate. You do it in peer-reviewed journals. You do it between people who actually have qualifications or are able to talk about it. The idea that Joe Rogan, who himself has pushed anti-vax misinformation, was going to neutrally moderate a debate between an environmental lawyer, which is what RFK Jr. is, and a world-renowned vaccine researcher, which is what Dr. Peter does. No, there's no value in that at all. They win just by you agreeing to take part in a quote-unquote debate with them we're two equal sides. There aren't two equal sides on vaccines. So no, I don't think anyone should indulge the idea that there are. Um, and But then on your point about Biden, look, I don't think people should debate anti-vaxxers. I don't have anti-vaxxers on my show. I wouldn't interview RFK Jr. But some people have said I should and you know, take him apart. But the difference is Joe Biden's running in a Democratic presidential primary. There's a difference when you're running in a primary field with certain rules. Look at what's happening on the Republican side. They're all arguing about the rules there. You know, To go on the debate stage on the Republican side, you have to take an oath that you will support the nominee, regardless of whether they are uh, you know, a convicted criminal by that point. So these figures, Mehdi, the, let's put, put the anti-vax issue to one side and the business of him polling at t- up to 20% in, in you know, a respectable poll for CNN. Lots of Democrats I speak to say, yeah, that's just not anything about RFK. That's a kind of uh, anti-Biden vote. And what it's expressing is a fear about particularly Biden's age. And it's a way of Democrats saying, we're worried about going into an election with a candidate, an incumbent president who is over 80. Is that your read too of this surprisingly large number for, for RFK? And even that 8% we can chuck in for Marianne Williamson. Yeah, I think it's twofold. I think definitely age is a factor. Any Democrat who tries to tell you that age isn't a factor, it's nonsensical. Uh, Whether it should or shouldn't be a factor is a different argument, but it is a factor, uh, even amongst Democrats. Uh, He will be the oldest president ever. Um, He would be, what, 86 by the end of a second term, uh, were he to be re-elected. Um, and I think uh, that's a factor. And clearly, uh, when you you know when you see these polling numbers for Marianne Williamson and RFK Jr., that is a form of expressing dissatisfaction for a sitting president. It doesn't mean you actually support those people or or don't want the president to win. 
I would say Joe Biden often uses this line that, you know, don't measure me against the almighty, compare me against the other guy. And the other guy looks likely to be Donald Trump again. Donald Trump isn't exactly a, a young guy himself. I think he's only three years younger than Biden. He's in his late 70s. <laughs> in terms of mental competence, I don't think there's ever been a president uh, who's had less mental competence than Donald Trump. So in that sense, the age factor kind of goes away if it's Biden versus Trump. I think if it's Biden versus DeSantis, I think the age factor will be a much bigger issue. There is stuff within Biden's control. Biden should be messaging much better. He should be telling a much better story, uh, saying and doing much more. Democrats, as ever, uh, are weak on the messaging front. And if you look at, for example, polling out um, from the Way to Win think tank, they found a poll in May, Johnny, staggering numbers. Only 22% of Latino voters and only 33% of Black voters were aware of, quote, any specific thing Joe Biden has done to improve their lives, which is a phenomenally shocking number. Given Joe Biden, and I have to keep saying this, and lefties get annoyed when I say this, has actually done a lot of good things. He did do the American Rescue Plan, which put a lot of money into the American economy, helped growth, brought unemployment to over 50-year low, uh, you know, cut child poverty, at least in the first year and a half. You know, he did do the Bipartisan Infrastructure Act, did do a Bipartisan Gun Control Act, did do the Science and Chips Act, you know, did do the Inflation Reduction Act, record amount of investment in climate change and bringing down drug prices, all this stuff. But when you talk to ordinary Americans, I talk to friends and family members, they have no clue. You know, politics is about perception. It's not just about numbers, stats, facts, and figures. So the Democrats and Biden really have to work hard there. And why RFK Jr. is able to pick up support is because a lot of people on the progressive left are disappointed that Biden started off strongly, uh, but hasn't done enough on immigration reform, on police reform, on voting rights. He hasn't delivered in the way that they wanted him to live. So Kennedy has some powerful initials, RFK, uh, but Biden has uh, some painful initials, which is ABB, anyone but Biden. And he's that is helping RFK at the moment, that he is the sort of parking place for that sort of some of that skepticism that there is around Biden. And he, he needs to deal with it. I just wonder if what that adds up to then is that what you're in, in effect calling for is that the White House needs to do a big communications effort, partly about their own positive message, as you've sketched out, but also to tell people, to tell Democrats, look, RFK is not a safe place for you to put your dissenting sentiment. You can't park your worry about Biden in the RFK lane, because if you do, you're backing an anti-vaxxer with views that are more akin to the Trump uh, right. First of all, do you think they should go now aggressive against RFK because he's polling 20%? And and different question from whether you think they should, do you think they will? Uh, no and no. I don't think they should. I don't think they will. I think the I think the way he defeats RFK is not by going after RFK. Other people can do that. Um, I think the way he does that is by promoting himself. One of the big moments where he got a polling bump was after his State of the Union, where he's uh, heckling, where he's being heckled by Republicans and Biden's calling them out and making them look like fools on Social Security. Uh, that is when Biden does well, when Biden calls out the Republicans as semi-fascist, calls out MAGA as semi-fascist. Even though Democrats ran a mile and the media you know, clutched pearls, that is when he's at his best, when he's more aggressive, when he's confronting Republicans head on, when he's selling himself, even when he's using humor. Uh, Biden had a good line recently about Rupert Murdoch making him look like a young kid. I think that, you know, you've got to engage with the age issue. You've got to engage with what have you done for us, Joe? And you've got to win both those arguments. Don't you think he needs surrogates, not him, but surrogates to go negative on RFK and tell people about his views on anti-vax and so on? I'll be honest. I think he needs surrogates to go negative, not just on RFK, but on Trump and on the Republicans. I mean, we haven't talked about the fact, Johnny, the polls show, some polls show Trump beating Biden, which when you think about it is ludicrous. The man is 
twice indicted, twice impeached, refused to leave office. And yet some polls show him neck and neck with Biden. Some show him beating Biden. Now, that is the real problem. The real problem. I, I was in the UK on a book tour a few months ago. As you know, you know, people were saying to me, well, it's not going to be Trump. It's going to be DeSantis. I know people around the world are shocked by this. But no, Donald Trump is the runaway favorite to be the Republican presidential candidate, even if he's on trial. Um come November 2024. And by the way, under American law, he can run from a prison cell too. This is not the UK. Uh, as, some, as, as Eugene Debs famously did 100 years ago, your presidential candidates can run from prison. So I actually think the bigger issue for Biden is going negative on Trump and making sure that he actually pushes himself forward. I, you know, they put out a diktat, Johnny, the DNC and the Biden administration, the Democrats shouldn't be talking about any of Trump's legal troubles, leave it to the DOJ. That's madness. Nature abhors a vacuum. Democrats should be going all out pointing out that the Republicans right now uh, are being led by a guy accused of multiple serious crimes in multiple jurisdictions. RFK Jr. is obviously a headache for Joe Biden. And there is no shortage of those just this week on Tuesday. Joe Biden's surviving son, Hunter Biden, agreed with the Justice Department to plead guilty to two tax charges uh, and accept terms that means he can avoid getting prosecuted on a separate gun charge. And even that involved some of the uh, past admitted history of drug use and so on. All of this being in the news is not easy for Joe Biden. And on top of that, another political headache, in a way coming from his own side, and that is the emergence of this new, supposedly moderate, centrist, non-partisan uh, body or party called No Labels, uh, threatening to run uh, in the presidential contest of 2024 as an alternative to both Democrats and Republicans, and talk of their candidate being the uh, supposed moderate, self-styled moderate, uh, Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia, with him as the potential, there's talk of him as the potential presidential candidate for this no-labels party. All of it adds up, Mehdi, to another headache. In a very, very close race between two candidates, a third candidate can be a quote-unquote spoiler, can take away votes from one side or the other and swing a race. And I would remind your listeners that of the seven states in 2020 that were won by less than three percentage points, Joe Biden won six of them. Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, all swing states, all won by Joe Biden by less than three percentage points. In fact, he won Wisconsin by less than 21,000 votes out of over 3 million casts. Super, super tight, wafer thin. Having said all that, I do want to make one point. I was someone who was very down on Biden in 2020. I supported Bernie Sanders. I said, Joe Biden is not going to win. Biden proved me wrong. He won, he won big by 7 million votes overall, right? He's impressed me in some ways. He's disappointed me in many others. But what I would say is that it's madness to write him off at this point. You know, Barack Obama in 2010 had Hillary Clinton who hadn't even declared she didn't run against him, but there was talk of her primarying him. She was at, what, 35 40% in the polls. People forget that. Ronald Reagan in 1982, a majority of Americans said, Reagan should not run again. He's too old. He hasn't done enough. Reagan did run again and won in a landslide, 49 out of 50 states. So I do think this idea that we just say, well, Biden's in trouble. Well, Biden should go. I, I just think, A, it's too soon. And B, Biden's proved in the past that he can win and he can win big. Do you have a, a, an advice for him on how he can deal with this no labels thing? Because I'm with you on how significant even just a few thousand votes could be. Remember, 
Donald Trump famously was looking for just 11,000 votes in Georgia. So even if these parties get 1% or less, they can make all the difference. What's, again, White House team, Team Biden sitting around, what's the, what's the tactic they should be deploying? I loathe what Joe Manchin has done and what he stands for, but he claims to be friends with Joe Biden. And I think Biden's going to go all out, whatever it's got to be, carrot, stick, whatever it is, to get Manchin to make sure he does not run for president. Because if he does, that will be bad for Joe Biden. Um, no doubt about it, which is why Manchin, who's an egomaniac, uh, keeps dangling it out. So whatever, you know, give him a cabinet job, give him whatever he wants. Uh, in that sense, it's going to be, have to be some horse trading. Uh, because no, I, as much, you know, unfortunately, Joe Manchin does have power, just as he had power in the last Senate um, term. He does have power now. So it is a problem. But I think the bigger issue still is, Johnny, that Biden needs to be selling himself. He doesn't need to worry about no labels. He doesn't need to worry about a tight race if he's able to persuade people that, hey, look at me, look at what I've achieved, look at what I've done. Don't believe all the crap you're hearing. Mehdi, um, we we always like to ask our guests on the podcast a what else question, something completely different. This time, it's back to the question of Donald Trump and the indictment against him. Some surprise that the judge in the case, Trump-appointed judge Eileen Cannon, has set what many observers think is an aggressive schedule for advancing the case, uh, suggesting that the tentative trial date could be as soon as August this year. There had been talk that maybe it wouldn't happen until after the election, which would obviously help Donald Trump. What's your read? I'll be honest, I was surprised by that. I do need to kind of read into it more and see what twists and turns and what uh, hidden factors are. If it was August, that would be a shock. Um, There is reporting that that date is likely to change. I mean, look, I'm not going to trust that Aileen Cannon is a neutral arbiter of this case until I see much more from her. So far, she's shown herself to be a Trump shell. And this is not just me saying that as a critic. She was literally overridden by the higher court, a conservative higher court, twice last year when she first started getting involved uh, in this documents case. Uh, She is a Trump appointee. She's very young. She has very limited criminal trial experience. Uh, She's a Federalist Society member, that conservative right-wing group. You know, I do think it is, you know, people on the right say it's banana republic for America to try a former leader. Actually, most countries try former leaders. What's really banana republic about America right now is that a former president can go on trial and have a judge he appointed uh, be the person uh, who adjudicates a person, you know, a person who he could then appoint and promote if he were to return to the presidency. I mean, it's amazing that she doesn't have to recuse herself. I find that shocking. Mehdi Hassan, host of the Mehdi Hassan Show on MSNBC and still with many friends and admirers on this side of the Atlantic. Thanks so much for speaking with me for Politics Weekly America. Thanks, Johnny. And that's all from me for this week. Before I go, can I suggest you listen to this week's episode of our sister podcast, Politics Weekly UK. Always right on the money with what's going on in Westminster and beyond. But for now, it's goodbye. The producer is Jack McKay and the executive producer is Maz Ebtahaj. I'm Jonathan Friedland. Thanks, as always, for listening. This is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. 
That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Join us today during the Jeep celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.